Hey, what's up, everyone? We're here. We're with the Jumpstart BFR Experience podcast, and we're excited to get going. I'm Chris Richardson. I'm lead designer for all training programs and training content development. And with me here today... I am uh, Omer Elias. I am the chief medical officer, kind of here to answer any questions about some of the science and application. Yeah. So getting first started in BFR, when it comes down to it, my biggest thing when I first got introduced was all in the clinical setting, right? Just physical therapy, trying to get athletes healthy again, trying to get them to kind of bounce back and not lose some of the mechanical strength or gains that they developed all the way through the season, just because they have an achy hamstring or twisted an ankle or something. And uh, for me, getting started with it, I really was able to see quick uh, results. And it was a lot of fun because like a lot of athletes thought it was like track magic. That's what they ended up calling it. Right. It's yeah. like, I remember a couple of young ladies were like, coach Richard, this is like track magic, mm-hmm. you know, cause they were able to bounce back. Yeah. Um, the science I got behind it and I want to know what you think about it. The one initially what kind of caught my eye is allowing these signals to develop so that we can get oxygenated red blood cells to help with the immune response and really kind of kickstart the healing process. Yeah. Um, and just how I initially envisioned it was more like, all right, your body's asking for red blood cells and, you know, some of these other things that are going to help with the healing process, all these enzymes and proteins, but then, and we're restricting it while doing some range of motion. Mm -hmm. And that's when I, where I kind of got off the flossing, but we'll probably go into that a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, But then with releasing the pressure through the ischemic um, settings or whatever the case may be in the rush of red blood cells, you want to go more into that? Like, what do you, what is your intake? Yeah. So we can go into that in a little bit. So basically that was kind of how you first got started into it. Mine was, I was actually at a conference for American Medical Society for Sports Medicine and kind of was just going through there. And that was the first time I kind of saw these machines and I got to kind of try it out and putting it on first, you know, I didn't completely understand what it was. I was just like, oh, this looks interesting. Uh, got home and kind of looked up the science. And what uh, what was even more interesting was uh, kind of forgot about it. A couple months went by and, you know, shut down COVID and everyone's trying to figure out like how to work out. And I kind of came across it, looked into the science a little bit. And I was with a doc who was uh, orthopedic sports medicine and had a conversation with him about it. And he was kind of like, I was picking his brain a little bit and he was kind of telling me about like systemic changes, not just, you know, because people think, okay, I'm putting this up on my arms or my legs and those are the muscles that they're targeting. And that's when I was kind of introduced that, hey, this is not just hitting those muscles, but you're going to get other benefits. So that was very interesting for me. And that's kind of how I got um, kind of took the deeper dive into it. Yeah. When you say other benefits, one thing I noticed with like using arm cuffs or like arm occlusion uh, was the impact it could have on your shoulder. Right. Like that's exactly. where, yeah, like being able to help with relieving mechanical load and some of the stress development and, you know, really allowing your body to kind of go through what we would consider like what 30% RM of like maxes. Uh, I also saw like there were some individuals that did it like pre op. Mm-hmm. And we're able to kind of allow themselves to do some, you know, prehab before surgery that then at post surgery, when they're going through the rehab, they're able to bounce back a lot quicker. So that was pretty interesting. Uh, but from, you know, kind of getting deep, deep, deep in some of the biochem stuff about it. But what, what are some of the other um, healing factors, like in terms of like when that red blood cell replenishment comes through, when you're getting some of the like myogenic responses, not just the stem cell yeah. kind of growth, but like. So, yeah, you're going to have the blood, uh, the red blood cell uh, response. But 
uh, when I was talking more systemic changes and other things that are getting released mm -hmm. there, that's things like growth hormone. Uh, you got satellite cells, and that's nutrient support and neurotransmission. Another thing that you'll see uh, that comes up is heat shock proteins. Now, um, there were some doctors and uh, a lot of people were getting into what heat shock proteins do and then um, ways to kind of enhance that, um, I guess, response in your body. And that comes through things like sauna, kind of um, mm. intense like heat or cold. And the cool thing about these heat shock proteins is that they are kind of helping with folding and aggregation along with like targeting misfolded proteins and then kind of degrading those. So it's, you know, it's a little bit of a cellular cleanup. Yeah. And it, um, and you'll get that with, you know, acute stress responses. So, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, that's one big thing I'm, I'm excited about is the getting people to get started on it. And just like the average Joe, you mm -hmm. know, kind of getting the weekend warrior or the individual that's on any kind of fitness journey and excited to kind of see them kind of at least get through that 21 day hump, you know, that, yes, that, yeah. you know, that point of no return, because once you make it a habit and you mm -hmm. kind of get used to it, that's what I'm excited to see is just kind of some individuals. Uh, utilizing it in their day-to-day -day training programs mm -hmm. and um, being able to take advantage of the fact that uh, it's going to help them, you know, get that metabolic response that they're probably not used to. Yeah. And when that happens, you actually see results and actually feel results probably a little quicker than a traditional, you know, training program. Mm -hmm. um, but what would you say behind that? Like, what what is some of your perspective with that? Just because for me, I'm thinking that like people might feel it and get the excitement in the beginning and might think it's more of a, you know, placebo kind of thing mm -hmm. versus like true metabolic response and like this like real thing going yeah. on. As far as like the placebo thing, um, for uh, specifically for BFR, I mean, the science has already kind of has shown that it's working. Yeah. So that's, that's the good thing um, that, you know, placebo, I'm not really too worried about that. And I just like the fact that it can be incorporated into any type of like training protocol. You know, in the beginning, when I kind of got into it, it was more related to the rehab kind of setting. Mm -hmm. And what was exciting was, oh, we can apply this in multiple places. And um, so just kind of seeing how to make, um, putting together like training protocols for uh, different athletes is, it's for me, it was a no brainer. Yeah. And also, you know, everyone's looking for that biohack, you know, how yeah. can I shorten what I'm doing or how can I get the um, most bang for my buck? And this, I, I feel like BFR is kind of the way to go, yeah. especially for me. I mean, I've been traveling since I don't even know how many months it's been. And I've had a kit of COVID own. traveling. You've been COVID Yeah, traveling. COVID travel. So I've been, you know, working at different hospitals around the country. Yeah. And I got, you know, I'm blessed that I did not get COVID. Um, so thank God for that. But, you know, also I was staying on top of just trying to exercise and trying to stay healthy because, you know, one thing. Uh, people forget is uh, exercise is medicine. You know, you, everyone thinks, oh, I need these pills. I need that. Or some people are just like, hey, I don't like the fact that I'm getting prescribed this. Well, exercise is great prescriptions. Mm. Best way to keep you healthy. So what I'm looking for now is like getting those individuals that have never worked out before and trying to get them to trust and understand the importance of like or how BFR can help them and how Jumpstart can be part of that that kickstart to that journey. Yeah. Uh, what I look at is like, okay, that first program, I think when one thing we've been talking a lot about is just being okay with periodizing and developing and tapering into more occlusive pressures. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of criticism out there with like um, ideal pressures, but I think because a lot of the stuff I've been reading is, you know, that qualitative information uh, versus the quantitative in the sense that, 
people are feeling the intensity of the workout and it's kind of getting them right. It's like, like they're like, Oh no, I don't want to, I don't want to feel this level of intensity. I don't want to feel that burn because especially, and that's why I think it's a little bit easier for trained elite athletes or individuals that are used to intense workloads that have been in that world before and know what it feels like to have that true red, you know, metabolic or that pump. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, individuals that have never felt that, that's uncomfortable. Yeah. So exactly. that's why I think it's great for us, you know, with our, our jumpstart, pro, jumpstart protocol is to have those tapering levels of like um, occlusion and pressures. Um, so like, what is your insight on that? Because I know there is a lot of criticism with having certain pressures, but I feel that I think it's it just as important for somebody to feel comfortable. Yeah. So, you know, it's, you know, for these elite athletes, if you ask them, hey, I've been doing uh, PFR training and it's it's not easy, you know. Mm-hmm. And, of, of course, they're using much higher pressures than, than most average people will. The good thing about it is that, you know, I'm always a start small guy and work your way up. I want a minute for kind of the longevity and trying to do it as, as long as I can and always keep uh, movement. So, um, yeah, if you start out slow and work your way up, I don't see any issue with that. I don't have any problem with that. Now, people who do criticize it. Um, when they think of tourniquets, they're thinking of, you know, those tourniquets that were adding to people like hemorrhaging. You're talking about like full occlusion. Like, full occlusion, yeah. like you know, trauma situations. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> tourniquet, that's the first thing someone mm-hmm. thinks of. Hey, someone got shot. Someone got stabbed. This is very, you know, um, we're dialing it into certain <laughs> pressures that, you know, we're not trying to hurt anybody. For us, getting like those lower pressures, getting used to it, learning how to integrate it into your current training plan. Like there's a lot of people that already have a personal trainer or have that their Peloton and they have the routine already mm-hmm. set. How do you use BFR or how do you use our jumpstart system if you already got a rhythm going? I think it can only supplement it and enhance it. Supplement you know? it, enhance it. And the great thing is it doesn't matter what kind of protocol you put together or what type of training you're doing. I think it could be added into anything. Mm-hmm. You know, we did have a meeting the other day and someone someone asked, well, I'm a surfer. Can I use it? And I think they were thinking, oh, like, can I surf with this on? If you really wanted to, you could. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't see how that can be that beneficial. But outside of the water, all the training that you're doing, uh, getting into it, of course, you can add it to anything. Peloton, your biking. Of course, just throw that in there. And, um, you know, we talked about this before was kind of those active recovery days, you know, um, putting that in there, still getting um, a response, like a muscular response without overtaxing the body. And uh, I think that's very important. A lot of people think, you know, I need to go hard all the time. I need to be sore. That's not necessarily like it depends on what your goals are, but I don't think that's necessarily should be. Uh, what everyone's trying to achieve. You can get more bang for your buck without punishing yourself. Because you brought up um, surfers. And when I was looking at, because I, you know, one of my first missions, you know, going with jumpstart and getting everything going, especially developing the training protocols is looking at its impact on VO2 max, because they documented that with, you know, rowers and cyclists, but they also showed a great deal of benefits in big wave surfers because some, there are times where they have to like hold their breath for long periods of time. So they do uh, this, this systemic protocol where they go five minutes on, three minutes off, five minutes on before they go out. Mm-hmm. And they and they found that, you know, in terms of all likelihood when it comes to, you know, being like full water submersion, being, you know, holding your breath and actually being in oxygen debt because of some of the more, I guess, anaerobic capacity, like mm-hmm. you have to immediately go. I'm not a big wave surfer, so I don't know all the details of it, but you have to like exert yourself. And then if you're underwater for a long period of time, you're, you're in oxygen debt 
physiologically, mm-hmm. right? But then now you have to literally hold your breath to save your own life. Yeah. And so they saw a great deal of impact, um, more from a qualitative standpoint or like, you know, psychologically, they kind of felt better doing mm-hmm. it. Um, and so that was, a, that was really cool to see. So, I mean, that, I thought that was uh, pretty interesting. So probably we'll probably have to touch on that, yeah. that article on a definitely, future definitely, podcast. Yeah. So. Um, being excited about, like I kind of gone in before people getting started on it, uh, the three week protocols, when we look at our membership site, we do have a lot of workouts and a lot of training programs. The big thing we've been talking about lately is not just the, the tapering into the pressures for those that might not be used to it and Mm -hmm. the intensity of it. But I remember being on a phone call with uh, one of our perks package people mm-hmm. and talking about the amount of stress post-workout. Mm-hmm. Because I remember like in traditional training, like all mechanical lifting and workouts, you have a certain amount of soreness that's kind of achy. But I've noticed with Jumpstart, our level of soreness is more of like a I don't know, like a swelling versus like that achy. Exactly. More of a swelling and the feeling you get after doing a hard workout without the achiness is how I would describe it to kind of the layman in layman's terms. So, um, yeah, it's definitely like it's a different feeling because usually these people or like you're very trained athletes or, hey, I just beat up my body pretty bad Mm. and now I got to, you know, recover for this long and this is a different feeling, but they know that, Hey, I've just put in a lot of work and they still feel like, um, it's not like a waste of a workout or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I've, I've been seeing in, in experiencing a lot of results with the integration protocols because the traditional katsu methods of, you know, the 75 reps where you go like 30 on, um, or 30 reps, which is theoretically supposed to be to failure, mm-hmm. but then you go 30 seconds rest, 15, then another 30 seconds rest yeah. and 15, right. And, and continue that for four sets. But what I've noticed is that even if you're doing like a hypertrophy training, you know, that you're lifting semi high loads, mm-hmm. but to a lower degree in terms of like reps and sets based mm-hmm. on volume, they are still able to get what I would consider that, that, that pump. Mm-hmm. Or some of the more metabolic swelling of um, all the tissues because of the the impact of the cell membrane and things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, what would what would you say when it comes to the the more like muscle growth components that some yeah. someone might feel? So the mechanisms that are kind of getting hit here are um, this pathway called the mTOR pathway. Anyways, that's going to stimulate. I mean, things that activate that is mechanical stimulation, IGF one amino acids, growth factors. Um, so you're kind of hitting that and that's where you're kind of um, getting that cellular metabolism and growth. So that's kind of what's getting hit there. And then when it comes to the cellular swelling, uh, some people are asking, okay, well, how does that work? So basically with this occlusion, what's happening is it's also restricting the venous blood flow back. So in these muscles, you're getting that burn, which is caused by the accumulation of these metabolites. And through the osmolarity, kind of that process, what happens is once new blood rushes in, since you have all those metabolites still around and in those muscles, it forces that fluid back in there and you're going to get that swelling. Now, what they have been seeing is that people who are, um, you know, out of training for a while, whether it be from like uh, injury or just, you know, life happens, your cells actually um, have a reduced uh, ability to swell. Hmm. So with this swelling, it keeps it kind of in that 
in that cycle of going, you know, back and forth and still getting those uh, changes. Hmm. So, yeah, because like, I just think about the Arnold Schwarzenegger, like he, he did his uh, big documentary, right? Uh, getting pumped or pumping iron or something mm-hmm. like that. And he, he was, was like, he was music. before his time. Yeah. Yep. Because yeah. he would always talk about, hey, let's get that pump. pump and, yeah. and now it's shown that, okay, so this pump is from that cellular swelling. Mm-hmm. And if you talk to people who like weightlift a lot, like, you know, you got to go, you got to finish a workout before you start getting kind of that mm-hmm. pump. Sometimes maybe you could do it in the beginning, but usually it's at the end. The yeah. cool thing about this is I can get that in a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would take a long time. But so that kind of wraps up our um, our topic for the day. I, I love the fact that anybody can start it. Anyone at any time, no matter what you're doing. I really look forward to seeing some of the results that from the like the workouts and prehab stuff that I'm giving some of my buddies that have either have gone through knee surgery or going through knee surgery. So I'm really interested about that. So I look forward to maybe even bringing them on or at least talking about their story uh, in future podcasts. But other than that, we're wrapped up. I'm I'm excited. And if there are any questions, make sure you guys are reaching out to us. Yeah, if definitely there are any reach talk- out topic ideas, anything you guys want to cover, Mm -hmm. we're open to it. And uh, that's about it for today.